Welcome to Short Course, episode 72 for October 12th, 2020. I'm your host, Ben Barry. It has been about a month now, actually, uh, a month to the day that I'm recording this since the North Carolina State Championship, the uh, Carolina Classic 2020, as, as it was, uh, as it's been so called for the last couple of years, happened here in here in North Carolina. It was a couple hours down the road uh, in Salisbury, which is just outside of Charlotte. Uh, so it was more in the in the western part of the state, but still relatively central. I think it was a, a reasonable drive uh, for pretty much anyone in the uh, in the state, which was good. And I wanted to spend a couple of episodes talking about two different aspects of the match. This episode, I'll talk about my performance, how I shot it as a as a competitor, and then on the next episode, uh, we'll talk about how the match went, what I think we did right, and what lessons can be learned going forward. So, as for how I shot at the match, this was, I mean, this has been a very, I don't even know if interesting season, interesting year for me is, is the right way to put it. It's just been a very quiet year. In in every season, every year since 2014, when I really got serious about practicing, joined a range, started live firing, started dry firing with the goal of of improving, every, every single year I've basically practiced more and... At the very least, if not, you know, there were years in the past, I would say I did probably my most dry fire was 2015, 2016, when I was really chasing down Grandmaster. And honestly, dry fire has definitely dropped off in the in the last two years for me. But last year, live fire practice was was certainly the most that I'd ever done. It was it was the highest annual round count for a year that I'd, that I'd had something like that. And this year is is not even going to come close. I haven't I haven't looked at my spreadsheet. In fact, I haven't even tracked. I've got paper, paper <laughs> sheets that I need to eat, enter into my spreadsheets going back probably two or three months because I've just I just haven't taken the time or, or made the time to catch up. But I think I'll probably end up somewhere, probably half. I think I last year I shot something like sixteen thousand rounds, and this year I'm probably on track to shoot eight, maybe ten. You know, not that not that round count means everything, but this has definitely been a this year has been the first year where I've really just not even kept up, kept pace in any way with, with the year before, which is fine. Uh, it's not even really COVID's fault per se. Um, I just, there have been other things going on and I've been in the middle of a, a job transition and that sort of thing. And obviously the, the podcast here has, has been quiet for similar reasons. I, I just, this year, I just haven't been shooting very much either live fire practice or matches uh, for the last, typically in a, in a typical year, last year two years before that kind of thing I, I was happy if I was shooting two club matches a month and then getting out to practice two to four times other than that in in a month with with my work and and other other commitments that's been about the the level my level of participation and the past you know since March or April I've basically shot one club match the Sir Walter USPSA match and basically very little live fire practice which is what it is, but that that's sort of the preface of, of where I was going into into this match this year. Now, what's interesting about this, and I, I talked about this on a well, it's a it's numerically a very recent episode of the podcast, even though it was back in the spring, I think February or March or so. Uh, the episode titled "Off Season." The benefit of not touching a gun, not practicing seriously, is that you actually have a chance. You, you sort of think of of the the effect that it has on your skills, it sands everything down. 
And so if there's there, there are certain parts of your technique that are hard to overwrite, certain ingrained habits or, or however you want to look at it, where it's it's difficult to just completely wipe them away and replace them with new with new techniques that that old habit whatever it is is always still there and so in my particular case it's uh two two things that i've really been working on are both changing how i how i grip the gun and then also just working on a, a couple of aspects of movement in particular my my very bad habit of when i come into position wanting to extend my legs and, and stand up straight so really trying to get into the habit of, of staying low coming into position and those are both habits that are very deeply ingrained. They're, they're, like, they're parts of my training and shooting that have been there for, for years. And so it's been difficult for me, not impossible, but you know, if I practiced a lot, I'm sure I could, could break through that stuff. But it's been difficult for me to, to work through those. One of the benefits of taking time off, so to speak, this summer is that, that those have just kind of faded on their own. And so I have a certain amount of ability to build up from from zero so to speak not literally zero but but build up from a, a lower level of of ingrained habits and and only bake in what i want to be there in, in my technique so if i had to say if i had to describe my shooting right now and and this was basically the case a month ago leading into the north carolina section i would say that my fundamentals are actually the strongest that they've ever been in terms of understanding what the gun should feel like understanding what I want to do and what I want the result to be. The problem is it's still too conscious. It's not just completely ingrained. It's not automatic. I still have to think about how I'm particularly gripping the gun, drawing it, and when I come onto a target, establishing my grip. Not so much, you know, the the, the relationship of the fingers to each other, where where my hands are on the gun, but just the 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 the, the way the gun, the way I'm applying pressure with each hand as I pull the trigger. So it's like I have it in my head but I just, I don't have the repetitions to, to ingrain it. And so I take that as a, as a good sign. It's, it's the setup for good future progress, but not a great recipe for current performance. Now that said, by sort of shooting consciously and, and visualizing in those, those cues, those things that I, that I want to have happen that I know will produce a good outcome from the, the limited live fire that I, that I have had this year. I, I can see fairly good results from that, not where they'll be six months or a year from now when I when I really hammer these things in, but but I can see the the glimmers of of what's coming. And so I would say that's sort of a high level description of how the match went. Now we'll go through it uh, stage by stage or at least chapter by chapter, maybe you could say uh, in just a minute. but the to to set the scene, so to speak, the what's what's good to know about this is I was shooting on staff day and this is because I, I deliberately make the choice that I want to work and be involved with the, the North Carolina State Championship, if only because I think it is my, personally, my, my best opportunity to sort of show USPSA these ideas that I talk about here on the podcast and I'll talk about at matches. As much as I can influence the state match, which is somewhat, I mean, my, my wife does happen to be the section coordinator. She's involved with the match, but I'm not you know, running around doing everything, but, but every once in a while I'll have it, you know, she'll ask me a question or suggestions and, and I'll sort of have some input on it. Um, I, I want to, I want to help with that. And I want to show this is the way a match can be run. And we'll talk more about that next week, because I think the, the things that we're doing differently, I think work. And I think they're good ideas that should be copied uh, and they're not, but I, I want to 
be involved both in the the sort of those those planning choices again having influence such as i can but also by participating at the at the ground level of actually CROing a stage both for the competitors that come through i want i want competitors to know that when they come shoot the north carolina state match they will be officiated by competent fair knowledgeable ROs and CROs and i want to contribute to that personally by both actually CROing a stage and also trying to pass along whatever it is that I have learned in my six years since since getting my RO cert and, and becoming a CRO and, and doing all that. I want to pass that along to the to the folks on the on the squad that I get to work with and uh, and hopefully build them up as as ROs as well. And so for both of those reasons I've made the choice that I that I will work the the, the North Carolina State match. It's really the only match on the on the calendar that I do work. But rather than putting all my emphasis on you know trying to win my own home state match i i that that's the one time in my schedule when i i sort of say all right i'm gonna put the match first and and i'll i'll shoot as well as i can and that's normally in a normal year i would say that that that's actually backstopped by the fact that the north carolina match isn't the biggest match on my calendar i'm not really worried about how i do at it anyway i'm going to be going to nationals which talk about this more but spoiler alert i'm not going to nationals this year but the the same principle applies the my i i always want to have another match on on my calendar and in this case right now in my mind it's it's area six in the the spring of next year i always have a a bigger match that i'm that i'm working towards i'm that i'm looking looking forward to and sort of planning around and that's the match where i want to really perform and so however i do it north carolina great that that's that's how it goes but my, my focus is on making the match as good as it can be and showing and putting into practice, you know, what what we think a, a USPSA match should look like and can look like. So to that end, the the state match was nine stages, which is, I think, a good number, decent, um, especially so the, the format that it was being run in was the staff shot all day Friday, and then there was a Saturday a.m., schedule group of squads and a saturday p.m group of squads both of which shot nine stages in basically four hours i think it was like eight to noon and then one to five something like that and then and those were with pretty small squads i think seven or eight people and then saturday uh, sunday was just all day it was nine squads ten squads whatever it was um start in the morning it was a little bit of a later start but just go all the way through and be done middle of the afternoon whenever uh, and so the the staff shot all day Friday, and I ended up just the way things worked out. I was on squad one, so I shot the stages in order: stage one first, finished on on stage nine. And as is typical with any match like this, there are always things when it's getting started. You're trying to make sure everybody has, you know, all the bays are squared away. Everybody's got timers and pasters and and paint and everything. And when it came time to step up and start shooting stage one and stage two. Um, I, I was not in the game as much as I should have been. And I think, so stage one, I ended up doing, basically I, I had a plan where I was shooting to 10 and I ended up taking a makeup shot on the second shot of that magazine. And I knew that that was going to put me tight on rounds. And I ended up making up a Delta, which I then realized after I shot it, that was, that was, I, I was going to go to slide lock on the on the last target halfway through it, I needed one more round and sort of not trying to game or anything. I, I just did the standing reload and, and shot the target again. In retrospect, I, I probably would have been better off just leaving the miss. 
I shot the target once. I wasn't going to get a failure to engage. I, I could have left it and just taken the miss. And, and that actually probably would have benefited my hit factor by about 10%. Uh, but I didn't. I was just in the mode of reload the gun, get your hits, get your alphas. Don't try and game the score system. Just just shoot it. And that that is what it was. Similarly, stage two, I had a hardcover mic. And then stage three, I was... There was a, an activator sequence, and I just I just got it wrong. I just I hit the first activator, and then I was supposed to go to the second activator, and I didn't. I just I went to wait to ambush the target from the first activator. I just I wasn't I didn't visualize it enough. Um, for the first two stages, I was early up in the order. On the third stage, I was uh, I was down. I think I was dead last, so I was running the timer for other shooters. And after that third stage, I sort of saw the pattern that was happening here, and I was like, "This is you got to turn this around. Like you're not." you're not focusing on your shooting. And what's interesting is you can actually see the see the turnaround very clearly in the scores. So on stage one, I was 78% of the stage winner in production. On stage two, I was 80% of the stage winner in production. And stage three, I was 75%. So 75 to 80% was, was my range for the first three stages. And when I sort of took that wake-up call, turn things around and said, all right, time to start visualizing, really take your time, let other people run the timer more, just just back off, make sure you're shooting at a level that you're going to be happy with. You know, obviously staff day is always going to be some amount of, of penalty to your score, but don't make it worse than it has to be. Uh, the very next stage, I ended up taking the stage win. And then stage five, I was 94%, stage six, 91%, stage seven, 91%, stage eight, not great, 85%. And then stage nine, 92%. So after I sort of had that wake-up call, aside from one 85%, everything was 90 to 94%. And really, that's that's where I'm perfectly happy being. You you don't win matches by winning stages. Trying to go for a stage win and knock it out of, out of the park is a great way to pick up a couple stage wins and a couple like 50% runs when you get a alpha mic no-shoot or you drop some hardcover mics or something. So I, I'm not... You know, the, the fact that I got a, a stage win on stage four right after those those that run of three bad stages, I don't really say like, yeah, go me. Um, it was like, oh, OK, cool. Like that's you, you can just see, you know, this are like an EKG. You can see the, the dip and then the jump. It's like, OK, this is this is where I need to be. And so for me as a shooter, if I if I put on sort of the analysis hat that I'd use looking at a club match, I'd say, OK, like that's, you know, that's the level that I that I could have been shooting at. And if I'd come out of the gate that way, I quite possibly could have done quite a quite a bit better um but i didn't that's that's on me you know i mean this is it's not my first match shooting as a shooting as staff it's it's not my first match for any of this stuff you know these are these are lessons i i should have learned um but i but i just didn't so the good news is like i said after after sort of taking that that wake up call turning things around stages 4 through 9 went fairly well for me for I think honestly, stage four. I think I, I did. I so I haven't seen video of how all the other shooters shooters shot it, but I think I I probably got that one on stage plan. Um, I was just basically I decided to stand back and and take a target from further back. There was this one target you could see from the start position that was a tuxedo through a wall, and if you got up close, you could shoot it at about five yards. At the start position, it was ten, maybe twelve yards, and I just decided to take it basically right off the start, and it it let me cut a position, which I think was just enough of an advantage. I don't think I actually shot the actual targets that much better. Uh, I think I, I'm just not sure that other folks uh, ran a similar plan. So I think I got that one on planning. 
not that that happens that often. I think one of the things we talk about a lot is the fact that that most plans don't matter. So who knows? Maybe I did actually just shoot that one lights out. Maybe I just visualized the heck out of it and you know went one for one on the steel and everything. And and maybe it was execution. It's hard to know, not not knowing how uh, you know what plans other folks took, if they had any hiccups or had to you know come back for for makeup shots or whatnot. But that that was that that one went okay. Uh, five, six, and seven pretty similar. Looking at the, the the results compared to the the other production shooters, uh, I was pretty good on points. Uh, it was just slow, so I was just confirming the sites. I so for one thing, I was definitely very conscious of deliberately settling the sites on steel, particularly mini poppers, uh, because just one of the things that I found as I'm sorting out the sort of new grip and and really trying to figure out how to pull the trigger quickly while maintaining grip grip pressure so you know one of my one of the problems i'm working through is i i tend to as is very typical uh on on harder shots i tend to relax my grip and i'm trying to keep that tension up so even on a difficult headshot or a a, a moderately hard to actually hard uh, mini popper shot keep that strong grip pressure but just press the trigger straight back. And I, I knew that was a weakness. And so I was really letting the gun settle and, and letting the trigger actually on a couple of the, the poppers. I, I really wanted to let the, the, the break surprise me and not just try and jam it through. And so I, you know, each one of those cost me five tenths, seven tenths, something like that, where I wasn't just, okay, sights there, you know, jam on the, on the trigger. I was, I was letting it go off, but I just, I really wanted to go one for one on those. And so that was, that was a conscious choice. And, you know, I got the score that, that I pretty much expected there. The other thing, watching a lot of the the videos, again, where the, the points are decent, uh, but the times are just two, one or two seconds off the pace. It, it was just a matter of there were a lot of targets where I wasn't trusting my grip and I wasn't just, you know, firing the, the second shot as soon as it came down out of recoil. I was either having to find the, the front sight or I was just, I was just reconfirming it. I just, I, I said, all right, don't try and, Go crazy on speed, just grip the gun, see your sights, call the shots, and and that extra time calling, right? Rather than tracking the sight and as soon as it comes back down, pressing the trigger, letting it stop, sort of go through a confirmation. Okay, there it is, and then shooting again, you know. So instead of pop, pop, it's pop, pop. Just those those little extra two, three tenths just to see the sights and confirm it on each target add up if there are 10 or 12 or 16 targets on a stage. So... Again, I'm fairly happy with the points there, but but that's something I just I sort of know I was being very conscious of. I wasn't really gripping the gun as hard as I could, and I wasn't really trusting that the, the sights would return and just press the trigger as soon as I could. So shooting very conservatively. Last two stages, I actually opened it up a little bit, and it ended up going the other way. The, the time was competitive, but the points were bad. Um, stage 8 is probably the, the best example of that, that, which was my worst of the second half of the match, right? So after stage 4... When I started turning things around, stage eight was the only one under a 90% finish. And that was one where I was a second off the stage winner's pace, uh, but I dropped 22 points. Uh, it was nine Charlies and a Delta, which is just, I mean, and it was a 32 round stage. It was just, just terrible. And the, the stage winner, like I said, was a second faster than me, but he dropped three Charlies. So that, that was very impressive, but it was a good match. It, you know, like I said, it, it was humbling in the sense of reminding me, hey, this is this is how it could have gone if you could could come out of the gate swinging this way. Um, I will say, as a competitor, especially in production, I was I was actually really thrilled that the the match got as much uh, competition as it did. Um, so we had 
in in limited we had two gms uh, both of them from virginia okay cool both both great guys that came down to shoot uh we had a bunch of open gms but they're all mostly local either north carolina south carolina guys you know it was honestly it was super cool because they actually i mean they all squatted together and so there was basically an open super squad of eight or ten of all the guys that were that were in the running to uh to win the open match and they were shooting heads up against each other and it was it was really cool to see i'm glad they got to squad together um i wish i'd gotten to, to squad with some of the other production guys but yeah so looking at the the production list here so we had uh bryce dupuy who came with his brother uh they're from mississippi he ended up winning production Weston Hensley, who I believe looking at practice scores from Tennessee, I didn't actually, I mean, I I ended up running the timer for him. I think, um, he came through my stage one of the, one of the days on the weekends, uh, but I didn't get to talk to him or anything, but, uh, I think he's, he's from Tennessee. We had, uh, Brian Giovannini come up from Georgia. We had a bunch of other Georgia folks some South Carolina folks. So it was, and these are all, you know, really skilled people. And it was just cool that production was able to pull a lot of heat from multiple states away. Now, you know, maybe if I would stop talking up the match and, you know, if it if its reputation were worse, people wouldn't come from so far around and I, I would actually win production instead of taking third. But I, I would rather, you know, I, I say that mostly joking. I, I would rather actually win to people who are willing to travel and, and come shoot this match from far away because that, that really is, a I think, a barometer of the quality and the reputation of a match. How far will it, people are willing to travel to shoot a match, whether it's a state match, uh, a club match, or nationals. You know, if people are willing to even come internationally to shoot your nationals or if if people are willing to come from multiple states away to come shoot your state match that that's that's i think that's a sign of quality and and i hope everybody that traveled for the north carolina match got the experience they were looking for like i said we'll, we'll talk about that more next week i will just say you know for me i i actually made the decision that it's not worth the trip down to florida to to shoot nationals this year i was registered i had a squad we had a, an airbnb all booked out and I was ready to go. And, and I just looked at it and said, you know, with, with the other commitments I have just given, just going from the track record of the last two years. So, you know, two years ago we had the nine days of nationals. And then last year it was, it was more, it it wasn't that uh, broken up. It wasn't that many matches back to back, but it's still, the, the stages just aren't that impressive. The, the staff and the officiating are not very good. They're certainly not the best that this nation has to offer. I don't think that nationals is in any way the best match in the country, uh, not by a long shot when, when by all rights it should be. And during this, this weekend, during the, the state match, we got word from area six director, Bruce Wells, that the area six match was actually going to be at this, this same club that hosted the state match this year, Rowan County wildlife association, I believe RCWA. Uh, in in Salisbury, they're going to be hosting Area Six next year, and so I thought, why why go to nationals? First of all, I mean, just on a personal level, I I haven't trained up, and so it would sort of be a a best effort type match. And second of all, I, I just I it doesn't it's not that it doesn't look like it's going to be a very good match, and so why spend all the effort and all the resources to ship ammo, fly down, get a rental car to go shoot what's ultimately going to be at best. Uh, a decent club match. I mean, that, that really was my subjective impression of, of the last two years is it, it, there's the, 
the stages, the production value, the award ceremonies, I mean, everything, it's just, it, it, it barely ranks above a, a decent club match. And so, you know, traveling that far to, uh, to shoot that just, just wasn't worth it. And so I've, I've flipped. I'm, I'm now basically my training horizon rather than looking at myself as being at the end of my season with nationals. Um, I think it's next weekend as I record this. Uh, now I'm, I feel like I'm just starting a training cycle that will culminate in area six, uh, first weekend of April, I believe, or April 10th, something like that, early April, uh, next spring, right, right down the road. And so that's what I'm training towards. And so I'm going to be training as much as I can while the weather holds out before it gets too cold over the winter. And then the plan is dry fire my butt off all winter. And as soon as it gets warm again, start the live fire up again and be trained up and ready and come out of the gate early in the season, which, you know, around here, South Carolina is usually early. It's a, it's a spring match. Traditionally area six has also traditionally been in a, a, a spring match a lot of times cause it was down in Florida. So you could have it fairly early in the year. Um, I think all things being equal, I'd, I'd rather the year sort of be a calendar that builds up. So you have all your state matches in like August, September, depending on the weather of the, the particular area, but sort of the early fall area matches sort of feed off of that. And then nationals is the, the match that ends the year, probably in October, you know, somewhere where the, the weather is, is uh, amenable to that. But that's a, that's a different topic for, for another podcast that I'll be doing soon. But either way, I, you know, area six is going to be in the spring. I, I don't know that I would plan it that way, but it's it's where it's on the calendar. People expect it, and there's nothing I can do to change it. So I'm training up for it now, and and that's the plan, and I'm I'm perfectly happy with that. And so, to that end, my performance at the North Carolina match is what it is. It's still not the biggest match on my calendar, and and I'm actually really energized to start training again. In you know, use the the fall weather as long as it holds out. Like I said and uh and come out of this uh what most folks will be treating as an off season but treating it more as you know an indoor training season however you want to look at that and uh and come out ready for for area six in the spring so it'll be at the same club it'll be at rowan county um, i don't know exactly what the organization will be hopefully the match will borrow some of the lessons again that i'll talk about on the next episode from running the the nc state match um you know primarily the fact that competitors don't paste and reset that that would be my wish but i have no idea if that'll actually happen um but hopefully it's it's worth the trip um i will be there if you're listening to this put it on your calendar you know let's uh come out and shoot it hopefully it'll be a good match and and hopefully it'll be a, a chance to show what area six can do outside of florida where the a6 match has been for a while um and i think it was in georgia before that i i actually don't know it's never been in North Carolina since I've been in the sport, which is 2013. Um, I don't I don't know when the last time the A6 match was uh, was in North Carolina, but I'm I'm excited that we're gonna have it here. And and uh, like I said, I'll be there. I'll be shooting it, and hopefully I'll see some of you there as well. Well, that wraps up this episode of Short Course. If you want to reach me, my email is podcast at barryshooting.com. My match videos are up at youtube.com/slash Ben Talk to you next time.